live from Salt River Fields. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. On your home for Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. Arizona sports. The local sports leader. Five o'clock hour Burns and Gambo show, not live from the Oxygen Community Studios today. We are at Salt River Fields. Tomorrow we'll be back in the studio. And tomorrow we've got ourselves a little bit of a shorter show here on the Birds and Gambo show. That's because an executive decision was made to carry the Suns game, Kevin Durant's first game as a member of the Suns, right here on Arizona Sports tomorrow. Initially it was scheduled to be on 6.20 a.m. This time, we are 24 hours away from right now, right here on this station, you'll be hearing Kevin Durant. And the Phoenix Suns take on the Charlotte Hornets. And damn, if that still doesn't sound so weird to listen say. to that game right here. Right here. It'll be one of the highest rated games, television, radio, just Kevin Durant's debut for the Phoenix Suns. Yep. Wait do you see the television numbers for that uh, game. Oh, my God, huge. through the roof. Definitely but, huge. you know, here's the great thing. Because that, you know, it's, it's, it's an earlier start, so many people are going to get to. You get to listen to that game right here on uh, 98.7. On your way home, you'll get to listen to Kevin Durant playing for the Suns. We're excited. We're excited to bring it to you. And uh, we're excited to bring you many, many more Kevin Durant games. Uh, but tomorrow's clearly going to be an event. Uh, starts at 5 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 4.30. So like I mentioned, we'll, we'll be off the air a little early than we normally are. And Minutes limit, right? Minutes limit? Monty said there will be a minutes limit. I, I think with Book and Cam... Now, Cam, I think it was more of a pronounced minutes limit. I think with Book, the limit was under 30. He was trying to keep him under 30 in those first couple of games. And then, of course, with both of those guys, Monty also didn't play either one of them the next game they were available to play just to right. kind of you know make sure everything was feeling okay maybe he'll do the same thing with KD I don't know but I, I've it, doing the, the the Burns thing okay uh, under 28.5 minutes under 22.5 points under under on both I'm, huh? going, I'm going the under okay what's the Vegas line I don't know. Did they, did they put a lineup for that stuff? I, I, I don't. You, okay, you, you know what? Yeah. You you met my uh, degenerate gambling friends at the wedding. I did. I met all your friends. Yeah, yeah I met all your friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah they they're regular listeners to the show. In fact, yeah. one of them was texting me during the show, um, uh, asking me to ask Corbin Carroll if he still planned on stealing a bunch of bases this year because he wants to know whether he should keep him in our fantasy league or not. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. think that was an appropriate question to ask Corbin Carroll. Yes, <laughs> we were interviewed. I can I can I can honestly like I met them, so I could actually say now that. It's true. You do have friends. I, yeah, I do. Yes. Yeah. Quite a few of them. As a matter yeah. of fact, you met quite a yeah. bunch of them, as a matter of fact. So uh, the, the, the debut tomorrow, obviously the big deal. But then how it looks, how it works, and things like that. There was a quote from Monty, and I want to play it here. This is Monty after Sunday's loss against Milwaukee, which I know you talked about extensively yesterday with, um, with Kevin McCabe, who's filling in for me. And T.J. Warren didn't play against the Milwaukee Bucks. And Monty said, look, there's just no room at the end right now. There's a lot of guys to play, and we're already playing 10, you know. So to play him, you got to bump somebody out. And I um, feel like we have a decent rhythm with Dealey and, for the most part, J.O. and, and Tori and Manning that, that starting spot. And then here soon we're going to get Kevin, and that's going to knock somebody else out. So you can't play everybody. And uh, I explained that to the group yesterday. We need a great deal of sacrifice from the group. There may be a shot for him to play, but right now we feel like we have a decent rhythm with the guys who are playing. Do you want to thank Dwayne Rankin from AZ Central for letting us use that sound? He's the one who tweeted that out. Yeah, you look at the DNPs. Uh, Baisley, I mean, he's been a DNP since the minute he walked in the door. TJ Warren, DNP. Bismack Biombo didn't play. Saban Lee didn't play. And he's not lying when Kevin Durant plays. I mean... 
Tori Craig, Josh Okoge, one of them is going to go to the bench. Now, whoever it is is still going to play, but then that cuts into Wainwright's minutes or maybe Landale's minutes, depending on how small they go. Um, it's it's There are going to be some guys who just don't get minutes in this. And that's well, how it's going to be. Yeah, and, and listen, I mean, you, you, you like this as a good problem because you've got a bunch of insurance. You know, something happens in the next 22 days, you've got three insurance policies, four insurance policies, you know, to cover yourself. Look, the way you, the way I kind of look at it, it's real simple. The campaign is is one of the guys that's going to play bench minutes in the playoffs because he's your backup point guard. Whoever doesn't start or Koji or or Tory Craig, they're going to get minutes. That's two. Number three, Terrence Ross. He's only here because they like they probably guaranteed him a certain amount of time. So that's three. Number four is the backup center. Whether it's Bismack Biombo or Jacques Landau, that's number four. And then, and then, if you want to get to five, that would be ten players. Well, now you've got to choose between Damian Lee, Ish Wainwright, you know, and the T.J. Warren and the other guys. And I don't know that those that you'll get to that. I mean, a, somebody who's been a good player for the Phoenix Suns is not going to play minutes in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you know, is it Damian Lee? Is it Bismack Biombo? Is it Jacques Landale? Who's it going to be? Because you start to look at it, Ish has played good minutes. There's just not enough minutes in the playoffs. In the playoffs, Kevin Durant barely comes off the floor in the playoffs. Right. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to play a lot of minutes in the playoffs trying to win a championship. So um, there's, you know, you've got to, you've got the way I kind of figure it out, you, you got insurance policies with at center, at, at, at shooting guard with Lee, and, and at small forward with Ish. So you've got three guys that can play if something happens that aren't going to be playing in the playoffs. No, you do. And, and, and it, all the cliches apply. It's a good problem to have, and no one's really going to get all that wound up about who who's not playing. We talked to Ish about it earlier in the show. We had Ish Wainwright on, and he's like, look, if if I don't play, I don't play. I get it. I understand. You know, I, I you know, Ish is just happy that he, that they didn't go get Kevin Love and not give him the contract spot, right? <laughs> that they, right, that right. He's just happy to be on this roster. They all get it, and I'm sure they're all competitors. I'm sure they all want to play. I'm sure they all think they can contribute, but this is also the, the life, right? This is how it works, and so you deal with it, and you have a bunch of insurance policies, It'll just be really. I know you're you're big on tracking like rotations and minutes and things like that. I'm not usually as much. I think I'm going to be really engaged in that too. I'm really going to want to see a how Monty kind of mixes and matches these guys because I would assume Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, one of them will be on the floor at all times. I, I mean, I, I just can't imagine a scenario where both of those guys are not on the floor. And then two, who gets the minutes and and who you know who does he rely on more off the bench i think you're right i think the the two natural guys who are going to get the bulk of the minutes off the bench are Terrence Ross because he was probably promised that yeah and whoever loses between Tory Craig and Josh Kogi i think th- those two guys probably get the bulk of the minutes and then campaign because he's the backup point guard those three guys probably get the bulk of the minutes the fourth guy i don't know who that is at this point i, I think it's probably Damian Lee, but I don't know for sure. One of the things you look at is you're expecting to play a lot of close basketball games in the playoffs. And and you take Milwaukee, for example, the other night. 39.8 seconds left. 39.8. The Suns have the ball. Ross and Lee come in to play with Paul D.A. and Book for offense. Mm -hmm. So they have the ball. Book turns it over. 
What happens? They 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 take those guys out. They bring in a Koji and Craig for defense. So I look at it like this: forty seconds left in the game. Monty's thinking, okay, we have the ball. In comes Ross, in comes Lee. I got two shooters. We lose the ball. Book turns it over. I go to a Koji and I go to Craig for defense. DA, Book, and Paul all stayed on the court. Ross and Lee for offense, a Koji and Craig for defense. Mm-hmm. So Monty is going to make, you know, his playoff rotation is going to be based a lot on what happens in the final minute of the game when I need to substitute, I need a defensive stop because I want to have those guys out there. And that's why, like, a Koji and Craig are in, you know, Ross and Lee were in here, but I do look at that very closely because to me it's always about not only the substitutions quarter by quarter, but the last 40 seconds of a game, what happens? How does Monty play the end of a basketball game when he makes his substitutions for offense and when he makes his substitutions for defense? It's funny because you know when I look at this, you know what I think of? You know what makes me think? That I'm crazy? makes me think that after 12 years with you, I can finally read your handwriting. No way! I can actually make this out. Before, when you and I started doing a show together, I thought your handwriting kind of looked like, you know, Kevin Spacey's serial killer from Seven, where he had all those notebooks in the, the, and I thought, God, this guy's just out of his mind. He's crazy. He's certifiable. I think I've been working with you so long, I think you've spread your disease to me, because I can actually (laughs) read this now. I can actually, I can actually read your handwriting. Look at this. DA, tip in, 9084, Drew, up and under, 9086. How about that one? How about that one? Uh, Right oh, here. my gosh. Hold on. Okay. I, I, Lopez. I got Lopez. Okay. That I can't read. What is that? D-A blocked by Lopez. <laughs> okay. Oh, you know what? I feel okay. better about myself. Right. I can't read your wackadoo writing. All right. I feel better. I'm not there yet. Okay. Ooh, thank goodness. But, man, I can actually make some of that out. How about you know? that? Yeah, it's, it's the evolution of the Burns and Gambo show right before your very eyes. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it works starting tomorrow. Um, and, and, again, these are – now – I'll tell everybody, and we've brought this up a couple of times, uh, tomorrow is the deadline to add a player to make that player eligible for your postseason roster. The Bulls went and did it today. They cut Goran Dragic. Now, he's on waivers. He can be claimed by anybody. Anybody who claims him has to pick up his $1.8 million cap hit this year. You mentioned those positions of depth for the Cardinal or for the Suns, where they have real good depth. I don't think they have it at point guard. I worry about their point guard depth because of Paul's age and because of Payne's injuries this year. I would not mind Goran Dragic on this roster as an upgrade over Saban Lee at all. And I say that with all due respect as a Corona guy, one Corona guy to another. I think Goran Dragic would be a tremendous upgrade if they were willing to do it. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Just um, in case. I, listen, I, I worry that the Chicago Bulls, who are half a game out of being in the play-in game, are getting rid of Goran Dragic. Like, that always worries me. Why does a team that's in the playoffs or battling for a playoff spot decide to rid themselves of a player because they don't think he can help them. Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> so fair. that's just, you know, he might be, he might be toast. Yeah. I mean, Goran Dragic, might, he, last year probably would have helped. This year, he might be toast this year. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We always look forward to hearing from you on the FanDuel text line. When we come back, some quarterbacks have recently been added to the free agent market. Should the Arizona Cardinals kick the tires on them for a little Kyler Murray insurance for next year? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
Live from Salt River Fields. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, not live from the Auction Community Studios today. Instead, we are at Salt River Fields, a talking stick, where we want to, again, thank the Arizona Diamondbacks for some great guests today. Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, Paven Smith all joined us today. And, of course, tomorrow, the big Kevin Durant debut that we're all excited about. But there's some Cardinal stuff going on as well. Scouting Combine starting this week as Monty Austin Ford, Jonathan Cannon, excuse me, Jonathan Gannon met with the uh, they met with the media today. It's not just the players, no, not just players. But uh, they they met with the media and try to you know they answer a bunch of questions, kind of give their plans for what the uh, what the what they want to see out of the combine. Now, it's funny being out here, and this is just me talking here, but it's February twenty eighth. Every time we're out here, it sort of reminds me of being out here for NFL free agency because I, I remember in years past, it was a long time ago, you and I were out here doing the show on the day like NFL free agency started and it was just a crazy day because we had like 20 signings in about 10 minutes and and we were trying to cover them all and talk about them all this year's free agency starts in a couple of weeks I don't think we're going to be out here for it but this this year's free agency starts in a couple of weeks and I'll be really curious to see what if anything the Cardinals do in the quarterback market because there are quarterbacks out there yeah. and with Colt McCoy's status uncertain and with Kyler Murray's status uncertain the Arizona Cardinals might very well have to dip into that market I know a couple of guys just became available Marcus Mariota got let go by the Falcons Carson Wentz got let go by the command there's a list. I mean, they're Carson no good. I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying any of these guys oh are gosh. good, but they're, you need an insurance policy at the position, and I wonder how deep into that market the Cardinals will go looking for you know, there was, there was Listen, Carson Wentz and Marcus Mariota are guys that have started in this league. They have experience. Now, don't you need, I, I don't want people to get crazy, right? You don't want to get too excited about a guy like that, but you are looking for a stopgap guy for four to six games, maybe, you know, while Kyler's out, maybe more. Um, I was reading a CBS Sports law, uh, story, CBSSports.com, said top landing spots for veteran signal caller Carson Wentz. Cardinals are one of them. And it basically said, you know, Murray's got an ACL and uh, puts his ability to be ready in doubt. There could be a multi-week window for a quarterback to get starts. This should be an appealing situation for Wentz that would give an opportunity to try and turn around his career as a starter. Now, Guys like that may be looking for an opportunity like this. I can come to Arizona and probably get four, five, six games, or I can go somewhere and be a backup. I think I'd rather go to Arizona because at least I know I can get if I beat out Colt McCoy, which I should be able to do. I'll get you know you know some starts as a starting quarterback. Where if I go somewhere else, I could be the backup, and then I'll probably be a backup altogether. Uh, Mariota and Wirtz are interesting names. They really are. You're not going to have to pay those guys a lot of money. Uh, Wurtz is already, you know, Wentz. Uh, we, uh, Wentz. What did I say? Wurtz. Wurtz. Yeah, Wentz. Carson Wentz. Uh, Wentz has already made a lot of money. Uh, but both Wentz and Mariota, guys that I think you got to look at. You got to look at them. You got to look at Brissett. You got to look at anybody that you think that, you know, can come in and and start for you and give you a chance to win some games while Kyle Murray's out. Yeah, there was uh, a huge list today that was this came from Greg Rosenthal, who's one of the lead writers over at NFL.com. There are, and 
I'm just you just stop me when you want to chime in, okay? Because some of these guys clearly the Cardinals are not. Yeah, getting and they got the Lamar. They're not okay. getting Geno. Right. Um, they're not getting Daniel Jones. They're not getting Derek Carr. They're not getting Jimmy G. Those are he ranked the quarterbacks. Okay. Lamar one, uh-huh. Geno two. Jones slash Carr third. So he's got basically Daniel Jones and Derek Carr tied for third. Okay. Jimmy G fourth. Now, to me, that's the line where I go, okay, none of those guys are coming here. No. The next guy on this list is Jacoby Brissett. Love him. I, he, to me, is... Love him. If you could get him... It would almost be too good, right? Like, I think he would win you some games maybe in a year where you're... And familiarity with your OC. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love him. Teddy Bridgewater. No, always injured. Andy Dalton. Oh, no, I hate him. Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Gardner Minshew for, you know, four or five starts. I I like Gardner Minshew. Baker Mayfield. No. Even with a familiarity with Petsing? Uh, No. I, I wonder about him. I really do. I wonder about Baker. You so you like him? I don't know if I like him. I just wonder about the connection. I wonder about the Kyler connection, the Oklahoma connection. I just think Baker, and we've talked about Baker before, and let's reiterate this for maybe somebody who wasn't listening to us. I think Baker might suffer from this affliction where he thinks he's still a starting quarterback in this league, and he's wrong. He's not. He's a backup now. You're your backup. Sorry. You're backup. But I think... I wouldn't be surprised if he seeks out opportunities that are more inclined for him to have a chance to be a starter. And I think he's wrong to do that, but I don't fault him for trying. I just don't think he's a starting quarterback anymore in this league. And I think you agree. There's a bunch of teams that are going to... There's, there's, there's four teams that are going to take a quarterback, and that's going to be the starting quarterback. So a lot of these guys that you're talking about, these guys are you know, they're backups. They're backups. Arizona gives you an opportunity to, to, to come in and you know possibly start for a little bit, you know, or back up Colt McCoy, but I think you know you, you probably could beat out Colt McCoy if you're any one of these guys. All right, I mean, I'll, I'll put that in the maybe column then with Baker Mayfield, oh, yeah, only because I, there's a there's a connection with Petsing, there's a connection with Kyler, and, and you're right. The, the appeal of the Cardinals' job is that while you might not be the starter for the season, you're gonna start. I mean, you might start half the season. Yeah, you'd rather go. You'd rather have it just go somewhere where you might get three, four, five starts than go somewhere where you just may not play at all. And that's why Jacoby Brissett has so much appeal because he did it last year. Love, I love for Deshaun Watson, and he handled it so well. I think Brissett's perfect. Carson Wentz is after Baker. Mike White is next. Oh, I don't know why. I mean, Mike White had like that one good game with the Jets. Now everybody's talking about him. <laughs> I he had like one good game. He had the one good game. Uh, he's big and he's strong and he's got a strong arm. So I don't know. But. Sam Darnold. Oh God, I would have to say no. Then Marcus Mariota. He's way down on this list. Because he's terrible. I know, I know. I, I guess. But but I mean, like he's, he's like more, more terrible than Sam Darnold. I mean, listen. We're, now you're getting to the I bottom of the barrel yeah, now. You're right, I, mean, we're I think about, I'm gonna have a, I mean, you, I'm gonna have a hard time saying, yeah, that guy's pretty good. You yeah, know, I mean, right. you know, Mariota's. You know, I, I, I thought the kid would have a chance, but he's, 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 he's no good. He's not uh, that good. Uh, so here's the rest of the list: Jarrett Stidham, Taylor Heineke. Okay, I'd be intrigued by Heineke. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Washington okay. liked he, him a little bit, I, too. I, I liked yeah. him. I always liked watching I like, him play. I mean, I like him better than Sam Donald and Marcus Mariota. Case Keenum. No. Mason Rudolph. No. Chase Daniel. No. Cooper Rush. That's the list. No, just give me Brissett. Give me Brissett. Yeah, Wentz, you know, Wentz is, 
I mean, Wentz is intriguing. The, the Wentz, Wentz's fall from grace is remarkable. I mean, this guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, it truly is. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was traded for a first-round pick. He was traded for he was traded for uh, so in 2021, he got traded to the Colts for a third and a first. A first-round pick and a third. The next year, he gets traded with a second and a seventh for a second and a third and a conditional third. And then this year, he's released by the Commanders, and anybody can sign him for, for minimum, you know. Here to take a guess on Carson Wentz' career earnings. Um, well, his first con- his one contract was like four years and one hundred twenty eight million. So I'm going to guess it's it's a hundred and eighty million. No, you should stop. You had it. Four years, one twenty eight. One hundred twenty eight million. Okay. That's, that's his. That's that his was his contract earnings. with the Eagles. He uh, signed a four year, one hundred twenty eight million dollar contract with the Eagles. Carson Wentz. I mean, had that one. Decent year where he got hurt and didn't even win the Super Bowl with him. He's made $128 million in his career. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's silly. Somebody looked it's at Carson silly. Wentz and decided, you know, this guy, this guy is worth 30 something million dollars a year. See, that's why I think the Giants with Daniel Jones, I think it's like I think it's kind of similar. I don't think Daniel Jones is that good. Like and I'm a Giants fan. Like he's okay. He's okay. He's okay. If you could pay him twenty to twenty five million dollars, fine, keep him as your quarterback. If he wants forty to forty five, tell him to go take a hike. Yeah. Well who else is gonna give you that type of money? I wonder if you'd be in a situation where you'd be better off just franchise tagging Daniel Jones. You know, I mean, buy yourself one more year to give yourself another look just to see. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it seems to me, I agree and with you. Then you're right back in the same spot. Uh, you are, but if he has a another year where you go, okay, we're starting to now, maybe you feel a little more comfortable about giving him the long-term deal, whereas you just tag him, you get him for one more year, and if it doesn't work out, then you let him go and you I'd don't like feel so s- bad about I'd it. I'd like to see more teams just tell guys to go take a hike. <laughs> you want how much? <laughs> take a walk. You're out of here. Not doing it. When we come back, they've made the mega deal for the mega star. That's just one step in the quest for a championship. Other teams have tried it. How many of them have succeeded in what the Suns are trying to do? We'll talk about that coming up here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Live from Salt River Fields. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, you just heard Ruby mention it there in the update. Tomorrow is the big Kevin Durant debut. You're going to hear it live right here on the flagship home of the Suns, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You're driving home tomorrow. Make a mental note to yourself. Make sure at 4.30 for the pregame coverage, 5 o'clock for the tip time. If you can't make it home in time to see it, you want to hear it, we will have the Kevin Durant debut for you tomorrow as he makes the Suns debut against the Charlotte Hornets. We're all very much looking forward to it. Um, as we talked earlier, it, it's the culmination of a dream that for a lot of us started back in late June, right? Like when wow. the idea of Kevin Durant even coming here first surfaced. Um, it's it's our, We've waited so long. What, eight months? Right? If you think about it that way, we've waited eight months for this and it's finally here. Obvi- and, and we always thought it was going to be would, but then the Nets were playing really good. And for a while, we were like, okay, it's never going to happen. But I remember when the season started, we looked at January 15th as the DA day. Mm-hmm. That's the day where you could trade DA. You know, you can't trade him in Indiana. But he does have a no trade, but you could trade him somewhere else if he's willing to go. Well, And we looked at the fact that the Suns were playing the Nets in the middle of January. Like, could that be the day? Could that, could that be the time when they trade DA for Kevin Durant? Well, DA's still here. It was Mikhail Bridges, who, by the way, has played already. 
He's already played five games with the Nets. Duran hasn't played yet for the Suns, but it does seem like, man, it seems like we've been waiting for this KD debut forever. We have been. And, and especially when you think about it in the context of the very first minute the idea of Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns emerged, we have been waiting a long time. I'm really glad somebody did this, and I want I want to give credit where credit's due, because I got this off a of bright side of the sun, and I just want to mention to everybody who wrote this. is from Cody Hunt on Bright Side of the Sun. Uh, Cody did the research on this. I, I haven't double-checked it. Uh, for the purposes of our radio show, let's assume that it's accurate. I have no reason to think that it isn't. Um, Bright Side of the Sun did this story where they, they tried to compare the Suns acquiring to Kevin Durant in the history of the NBA, other teams who have acquired superstar players in the middle of the season. How did it work out for them? Now, understanding, and Cody and Brightside, they make this point. They really haven't been too many comps like Kevin Durant. I mean, like he writes, players like him rarely get traded. It almost never happens in the middle of a season. There is not much precedent for what the Suns can expect from their newly acquired superstar this year. Only one other time in NBA history has a player averaging at least 29 points per game been traded mid-season. You have to go back 50 years to Wilt Chamberlain in 1965. All right? So all of these comps, keep in mind, Some of them you're going to go, what? That's a comp to Kevin Durant? No, it's not. And I agree, it's not. But it's the best we've got, all right? So work with us here. Three times in the history of the NBA has a player been traded in the middle of the season, a superstar player been traded in the middle of the season, and they won the championship that year. All right? Okay. Mark Aguirre in the 88-89 season got traded to Detroit. For they, Adrian Danley. I totally remember it. Yep. They went great Third, trade of two really good players. They went 30-6 and six after they acquired him. Right. 94-95. Clyde Drexler to the Houston Rockets. Clyde was on Portland. And then he got traded to the Rockets, who had won it the year before. And then Clyde goes to the Rockets, and they win it again. Then eventually Barkley joined them. Yep. And they didn't win it. And they didn't win it. Remember? Because Barkley, they had won well, two. And it was Scotty Pippen, too, and it was right. just a bunch of old guys yeah, trying Barclay, to win a Barkley went and, there to try to win one. And then 03-04, Rasheed Wallace to Detroit. And that was the Detroit team that nobody thinks was any good, and they won a championship. Yeah, and yet a lot of current NBA players. the Lakers in the finals? I believe they beat the Lakers. The Lakers. Yep. Rip Hamilton was on that team, Rip right, Hamilton. with the mask and yeah, like Rasheed best Wallace. Player. Yeah, was, yeah. Wasn't a great team. Uh, those are the only three times a player of, and he even says, none of these examples is a perfect equivalent since none of these players was a superstar of KD's caliber. Again, we're doing the best we can here with what we've got. The that's ne- what we all do. That's the you best know what? Honestly, can. do the best you can with got. what you've got. <laughs> Some of us don't have much. <laughs> You know, we do the best we can with what little we have. Ladies and gentlemen, that's that's the advice from the Burns and Gambo show today. Yeah. Just do the best you can with what you've got, yeah. and you'll be fine. I mean, there's a lot of you that don't have much. We have us, too. Just do the best you can with it. You say, you know, if your wife just, hey, honey, what do you expect? I don't yeah. have much. I'm so, doing the best I can with it. Somebody came, somebody came up and complimented me on my toast at the wedding, at my son's wedding, and I said, honestly, that's all I've got. It's, the, it's the really the only thing I'm good at. Everything else is really... Really substandard. Well, you know, your your speech was a lot better than the, the father of the bride. I get, you know, yeah. I uh, it, it was it was it was. I I, I, I offer no comment. You're a talk show that. host. He's not. Yeah, it's I the microphone in You're my comfortable hand. Comfortable in front of a microphone. 
I've stuff. got it. I'm comfortable. Sometimes, I wish you would have put down that microphone sometimes. Oh, no, stop. How many times did you grab that microphone? <laughs> DJ's playing music, and all of a sudden, there's you. This isn't the speech yet, but I'm like, what are you doing then if it's not the speech? <laughs> want to thank everybody for coming. You're all a part of their lives. You must have been drunk. Yeah. You're just well, like, wait a second. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, they're like, okay, we thought that was the speech. It wasn't even the speech. And he tells everybody, like, I'm going to talk now, but this isn't the father's speech. And they're like, okay, well, what are you doing talking? Let, keep the, let the music play. They asked me to. Who did? The bride. She Why? Asked, she asked me to do that. She did. She asked. My, the groom asked me to do the intros, mm. right? You know, where I'm, I'm like Vinnie Murata. He wanted me to do like Vinnie Murata's. I'm like, I can bring in Vinnie Murata if you want. If you want like actual son's PA announcer kind of introductions, I can buy Vinnie dinner and drinks, and he'd be happy to come out here and do the PA announcing for you. And now. That's what he asked me to do. And the so starting I, five for the Jake Burns wedding. And I, so I did my best Vinnie Murata impersonation, and then she's like, well, you've got the microphone in your hand. If you just want to give a brief toast, that'd be Great. That's, that's I was just just acquiescing to the wishes of the bride. Well, blah 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 blah. He just kept talking. It was like <sighs> the next group. Jeez, go ahead. Okay, yeah, the yeah, next group. Fine. The uh-huh. next group. They call it the next best thing. These are players who got traded. Superstar players who got traded. They didn't win a championship the first year, but okay. ultimately, eventually, won championships. Okay. All right. The Almost as good. Kurt Schilling type. A Kurt Schilling type. There you go. Only two times has it happened. Wilt Chamberlain back okay. in 64, 65. No idea about that. <laughs> he was, they lost in the the Eastern Conference Finals. They won the title two seasons okay. later. No idea. And then one that I remember very, very well, Pau Gasol to the Lakers. Yeah. They he, lost in the finals the year they acquired him, but they won the next two titles after that. He was traded for Marc Gasol, or the rights to Marc Gasol. There was, it was a blockbuster trade. There were a few first-round picks involved, too. But Marc Gasol was one of the players that was in that trade. He got traded for his brother. I totally remember that. Now, based off of this research, Gambo, okay. those are the only five times a midseason trade has resulted in an eventual championship. The rest of the now, again, the, none, none of these really. I mean, I guess Wilt. None of these really compare to Kevin Durant. It's just it's like apples to oranges. But then, like, I got Tim Hardaway to Miami in the mid nineties. I got Dikembe Mutombo to Philly. I got Ray Allen to Seattle. I kind of remember Matumbo and Iverson together. They made it to the finals and they lost. I think they won the first game and then lost the next four. I believe you're right. Yep. I don't know why I remember that. Uh, I do. And Matumbo, of this group, Hardaway to Miami, Matumbo to Philly, Ray Allen to Seattle, Baron Davis to Golden State. And again, Baron Davis is not Kevin Durant. Carmelo he Anthony was really good at one point. He was good, but he's not Kevin he was Durant. so yeah. good. Um, of those five, of those yeah, five. Takemi Matumbo is the only team that led the team to the finals. Went they, to the finals. They, they made the finals that year. The rest didn't. Iverson was a machine that year. He was like he was like the best player in the league. He was so good. Um, yeah, he carried that Philadelphia team to the finals. He was does, great. So does this list? Does this list? Make you view this any differently? No, no. I just either. think that Durant's a different level. I think Durant, they never, you know, and I don't know, you know, I, Will Chamberlain's one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. Okay, so the, you know, the one that you'd have to go back to. Nothing against Mark Aguirre, you know, or Pau Gasol, but you know, the, when you talk about truly great players in the game, the only one to compare it to is the one that we have no recollection of because before we were born it was the Will Chamberlain one in sixty four, sixty five. Durant is just different, you know. Durant, you know, automatically. Makes makes the Suns one of the favorites to win it all. Now, there's a lot of people out there that still think the two teams in the East, Boston and Milwaukee, should be the favorites. And that's why I watched 
the game so intensely between Milwaukee and Phoenix. I like this observation you had with the Milwaukee game. Share it again. Yeah, just I I watched the Milwaukee Suns game, and you know there was no Giannis and there was no KD, and you watching this game, but and I was thinking like you know what, how would it look if both of these guys were in the lineup? Is it a wash? And you know McCabe thought that Giannis has an edge over KD, and he probably does. There's probably an edge with Giannis because he could do things, you know, defensively that Kevin Durant can't. so I think, and then Giannis could play center, um, but I think it's close to a wash. I really don't think there's like this huge advantage for Giannis. It's a, to me, it's very close, but maybe a slight edge. Um, but then you looked at it, you know, like Drew Holiday and Middleton against Paul and Book, who has the edge there. And then I, I, I brought this up on my show. Yes, I thought it re- DeAndre Ayton and Brooke Lopez both had phenomenal games. Mm-hmm. Like they were both really good. Brooke Lopez had four block shots. He hit a big three. He scored the big basket at the end. DeAndre was good. Like I just wonder if like if could even come down to them. But in watching that game, it was really hard to watch it and not think what it would have looked like with Giannis and KD on the court. Well, we come back on the Burns and Gambo show live from Salt River Fields. More mock drafts for the Arizona Cardinals and maybe a good fit for DeAndre Hopkins if that's what the Cardinals are inclined to do. We'll talk about that next here on Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, games we're going to watch tonight here on the Burns and Gambo show. Coyotes hockey tonight. They're taking on the Blackhawks at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage at 6.30. So we've got a little bonus Burns and Gambo coming up for you at 6.30. Or until 6.30. You know what else is on? What else is on? They're going to replay the ASU U of A game on the Pac-12. Oh, that's exciting. I might have to re-watch that. I didn't watch it. it, I didn't re-watch it. I have to watch it. Are you going to watch it, Gambo? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say this again. I, I I do root for U of A over ASU in basketball, but not football. In football, I root for ASU over U of A. It's an odd, uh, it's an odd thing. Um, but I want ASU to get into the tournament because I think it's it's better. It'll be more exciting. I, I I'm not so I root for U of A, but I'm not rooting against ASU. I'm not like I hope ASU I hope ASU wins one of these two games. I hope they get into the NCAA tournament. It's fun, and I won't root against them once they're in the tournament. Like if ASU is playing, I don't know, in Dayton or something, I'm not going to root against them. I will root for them. I just like U of A basketball better. It's fine. That's it. I mean, it's not like it's not like this. You know, everybody on Twitter going after me because I didn't think the ASU had any chance. I like U of A basketball better, but I don't root against the ASU. And if they get in a tournament, I'm gonna. I, I hope they win. I hope they do well. Wait, now, if they play U of A, I will root for U of A over them. Are you saying people had negative things to say to you on Twitter? Uh, I mean, I was really, I, I really went out like that. I gave them no chance. <laughs> oh, so it was one of those. It was one of those kind of things. It's one of the best home, home court of. Sean Miller had a forty-nine game winning streak at home when he was there. Even just recently, Washington State snapped like a twenty-three, a twenty-four game winning streak that U of A had at home. They're really tough to beat there on that court. So you kind of had it coming, is what you're saying? I had it coming. I was too busy winning. <laughs> you, you know what? You usually do. Come kind of have it coming, so it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, all right, so the, the replay tonight, and then the Blackhawks and the Coyotes, and of course, I know you had Elliot Friedman on yesterday. Uh, talked the, a lot about the trade deadline. Trade deadline in the NHL is coming up on Friday. We expect the Coyotes to move some bodies. It's very we'll active. Yeah. I'm expecting Chikrin gets traded, Gostisbag gets traded, and Bugstad gets traded. I think three guys will get traded. I do not think that Nick Schmoltz gets traded. And then just a reminder, tomorrow, uh, 
Um, we are going to have a short show for you tomorrow. We've got a very good reason we're going to have a short show for you tomorrow. Kevin Durant's debut is a Phoenix Sun. They're in Charlotte taking on the Hornets. The game starts at 5 o'clock. We will make way for that game at 4.30 for the pregame show. So that, that way, if you're in the car and you don't want to miss a minute of this, we totally understand. It's a big, big deal tomorrow. Uh, the Kevin Durant debut won't be on 620. It'll be right here on 98.7. Uh, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Arizona Sports app. You get it all right there at 5 o'clock, so you'll be able to listen to it the way you should. So that's coming up tomorrow. Um, in the meantime, we're... Um, we, we heard Monty Austin for today at the Combine talk about, hey, call me. You know, if you want to talk about trading the third pick, let's do it. Let's talk. The mock drafts are, there's going to be a bunch before the Combine. I expect there'll be some after the Combine to try to figure out what, every, what everybody's going to do. There were a couple that dropped today that we wanted to talk about. I, I, I'm going to start with the Kuiper one. Just because Mel Kuiper's, it's Mel Kuiper, first of all. And secondly, he's got... Three, not one, not two, three trades projected in the top five picks. Okay. And not one of them involved the Arizona Cardinals. Like everybody's trading around them, and he just has the Cardinals stay and taking one of the defensive players. Well, Anderson, right? Anderson, yeah. That's it. He's got, now he's got, this is the dream scenario, I think, if you're a Bears fan. He's got the Bears moving down from one to two. Texans moving up and taking Bryce Young. Okay. Then he's got the Colts moving up from four to two with the Bears. They take C.J. Stroud. Why is it? How tall is Bryce Young? Six one. Is he six one? He's six one. And I, and I tell you something. Look, I, the guys won a ton of games. So I, don't, I I do know the one knock on Bryce Young a little is that for being six one. He's not the fastest guy, right? Like, you would expect a quarterback who's slighter like that to have, like, blazing speed. He doesn't really have blazing NFL speed out there. Uh, but that doesn't seem to hurt him at all when it comes to the evaluation of him. Everybody thinks he's going to go one or two in this draft. Yeah, because there's a lot of stories right now about his size. That maybe he's, you know, will, will his official measurements change your mind on him and stuff like that? Because he might come in, you Under know. Under 6'1"? Yeah, there's talk like, is he is he 6'1"? Or is he 5'11"? Is he... Uh-oh. Yeah, there's a lot here, of talk we go about with that his, again. There is. There's a lot of talk about his size. And, you know, whether, let me see, a day ago, Bryce Young shocking, here it is, Alabama football star Bryce Young shocking real height revealed by ESPN's Todd McShay. Because you start to think about, you know, what Kyler went through and everything. He's 5'10 and a half. He's 5'10 and a half. And he's not. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young's real height is 5'10 and a half, according to ESPN's Todd McShay. And he's not super fast. And he's not I, like Kyler fast. But he's Kyler's size. Yeah, he's Kyler's. But, 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 like but if, you, size. if you're going to be Kyler's size, you have to be Kyler fast. And if you're not Kyler fast, I, I don't know if it's. I don't know. That's a. But he wins. I mean, he just he just wins and wins and wins. Uh, so I. That one's a real small, tricky one. I think all quarterbacks, man. I don't know. I don't know. So C.J. Stroud, I I'm, with, I'm I love C.J. Stroud the most. Yeah, I like him. I like too. him the most. I like him a lot too. He's they've got Mel Kiper has him going number two. Okay, uh, Will Anderson going to the Cardinals at number three. No change from the Cardinals for my mock draft 1.0. Uh, Anderson is the guy, um, and then the Bears, who have at this point made two trade downs from one and then from two. They get Jalen Carter, and God only knows how many draft picks so to move down, down and from one and two. Still yeah. get Carter. Yeah. If and, I'm the Bears, I'm not moving 
any. I'm not moving anywhere past four. No, I don't need to. Shouldn't have to. You want to get to one? You can come up. I'll trade to. I'll trade with two. I'll trade with three. I'll trade with four. Cardinals aren't trading, but if somebody moved up to the Cardinals pick, it moved up again. But if I'm them, I'm not going down any further than four. Then he's got one more trade in the top five. He's got Carolina moving up to number five and taking Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky, who's right. a total wild card in this draft. Then there's an athletic mock draft, and, and I this one's not really all that different. They have the Bears staying put, taking Jalen Carter. They've got the Texans taking Bryce Young, number two. So the Cardinals, at this point, don't really have a choice in terms of the defensive players. It's it's Will Anderson or nothing. Um, I want to read what they wrote about him because it was, it was really good, I thought, about Will Anderson. Quote, the value in never having to take a front seven defender off the field is one of the more understated things in football at all levels. Anderson will give his new team exactly that advantage, and that's a huge deal. I don't care that Anderson's move isn't super polished right now for the same reason I didn't care that Aiden Hutchinson's wasn't at this point last year. Anderson is young, he'll figure it out, and in the meantime, he'll do everything else really well as he improves every day, and he will improve. He is a future NFL star. Wow. And I don't, you know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, if it's if you have a choice between him and Carter, that's, that's all you could hope for. Like, if, they, if the Bears do trade the first pick and two quarterbacks go 1-2 and you're sitting there at 3, and, you know, you're going to have one of those guys rated higher. You're going to have one rated higher, Anderson or Carter. And both guys are, you know, every, okay, whoever drafts Anderson, whoever drafts Carter, those guys are going to get, like, really good grades because they're projected they're projected to go in the top four for a reason. They're both dynamic, you know, players. One of them's going to be better than the other. Sure. We keep talking about that. We know one of them is going to be better than the other. But they do play like two different positions on a defensive line. Do you want the edge rusher? Or do you don't want the power guy. Yeah, and and for the record, he's got Jalen Carter going number one overall. So this particular evaluator, yeah, believes Jalen Carter Carter is the better player. He, and he's not the only one. That's not like. Oh the, no, not the, at all, not at all. The hard part about this is it's going to be very split by all these evaluators as to which guy's better, Anderson or Carter. One of them will be better. Uh, but right now, everybody, you know, it's going to be a mixed bag. It's, it, there's no overwhelming choice that one guy is better than the other. And that's, what my, and that's why you hired Monty Austin for it. You hired him to get this right. Get it right. I do. Now, the Athletic, as I mentioned, not only do they have the Cardinals taking Will Anderson number three, they did a three-round mock here as part of this. They got the Cardinals taking offensive tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma at number 35. And in the third round, they have him taking Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback out of Miami, and then Moro Ojomo, defensive lineman out of Texas. Now, I don't know that much about those players, but positionally... Give me the positions again. Offensive tackle, cornerback, defensive line. Sign me up. Right? I mean, it's you need to have a fundamental draft like that. You have to. You have to go core positions, core groups, basics, fundamentals. You go to Costco, walk past the TVs and the portable speakers and go to the chicken breasts and the ground beef in the back because that's where the value is, right? You need to do the same thing in the draft. Walk past the shiny wide receivers. Walk past, you know, the, the ooh, the, the skill players are running back. No. Offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners. But they tried that rushers. with skill position. Just, just think about it. They, they signed James Conner. Big contract. They drafted Keontae 
Ingram. They traded for Hopkins. They traded for Ertz. They traded for Hollywood Brown. They drafted Rondale Moore. They drafted McBride. They have put so much of an emphasis into the skill position players. It's time to not do that anymore. And that, to me, was one of the fatal flaws of the previous regime. Totally. Just this over-infatuation with the skill position players, thinking that that was what was going to win it for you. disregard for the offensive line. And a complete disregard for the Build the other way. Go to the offensive line first, and when it's good, then go get the skill position players. Although I seem to recall... I hate to say this. Yeah. I think you and I do have a bet in which you said you guarantee the first pick of the Cardinals this year will be an offensive lineman. I think you might be right. Now, you might end up being right if they, if they trade, trade down. Right. Yeah. If they, you know, if they down. move down to seven or eight, you might be right, in which case I'll, I'll you know, buy you lunch or whatever. But I, I think that could be what... Right now, we're even on bets. You just owe me like a mocha. Yeah, I could use I like one that. right now. It's a little cold out here. Hot chocolate. Where's where's it's done? I, I gotta you know. Go we, these days. We haven't been yeah right. We haven't been together a lot. Recently. Yeah, you've been too busy with that whole wedding thing. <laughs> Can I interject? There's another one that needs to be paid off. Okay, what is it? On June 21st of 2022, Rob Gronkowski will or will not stay retired. Oh, I won that. Gambo is right. He's done. I won that. Dang it! You owe me a lunch. God, Mitch, if I told you, you thought Gronk was coming back a thousand times, you just need to be quiet back there and push buttons. I, I mean, seriously. Wow. Why? You want to cheat now. <laughs> you thought Gronk was coming back? I did. And I did not think Mitch, he was coming I'm back. Mitch, I'm kidding. You're... And to clarify on the draft pick one, it does say in italicized and bold original draft pick. So it would have to be at three. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, we emphasize that. Oh. Oh, there's no offensive lineman rated that high. So I need to. <laughs> so for me to win that bet, I need the Cardinals. I need the Cardinals to trade out uh, or to, to break even and not have it. I mean, I either I either get nothing or I lose that bet. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, we'll work on that. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, yes, we're coming back on the Burns and Gambo Show. Why not? Because, you know, really, why not? We, we love this talking thing. Let's keep doing it. It's finally happening. Kevin Durant. We're dawn the purple and orange tomorrow. We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Live from Salt River Fields. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Bonus, Burns and Gambo, as we welcome you back here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, wrapping things up here from Salt River Fields, where the Diamondbacks lost to the White Sox earlier today in another brisk spring training game. And I don't mean the weather. I mean the time. This pitch clock thing is doing the trick so far after a, after a few games. it's uh, These games are moving right along, aren't they? It's, it's... Oh, I don't hear him. Where did he go? Oh, there you go. The wrong, the wrong... <laughs> it's like three headphones here. I picked up the wrong one. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, people, so far, so good. Everybody seems to like it. I want to wish my son a happy birthday today. It's his 14th birthday. Quentin is Quentin. 14 years old. He was 14 years old. Where is, where is the time flown? Happy birthday. Yep. Are you doing anything special for him? What do you he got? got a, he got a brand new wood bat. Exciting. Local company up by, uh, you know, up, in, up by Cave Creek. She got, she, uh, well, she got a bat. And... Um, and then she made a whole bunch of balloons and a bundt cake and stuff. The birthday party thing's over now. At fourteen, the birthday party thing's over. Like getting a whole bunch of people together to go, you know, that, that's over. Um, yeah, I guess he's got so. baseball practice tonight. They got a tournament this weekend in Houston. He's got baseball practice tonight. So there's nothing special going on. We would we would always let 
Jake like have a couple friends spend the night over at the house for his even at fourteen? Yeah. I think. I th- last I year was the last year of the last year was the last year of the, okay. Let's get a whole bunch of people together and we'll do something. And like yeah. last year was paintball. I think everybody yeah, got together okay. and did paintball. You yeah. know, I think we did so the birthday party things over. I think we did for Sam and Jake. I think they would you know until they turn sixteen. I think they would still have people over for like a slumber party or something and pizza or whatever, and they'd stay up all night watching movies and doing God only knows what else. But, but yeah, well, happy birthday to Q. Yep. Happy birthday, Quentin, if you're listening uh, right now for bonus Burns and Gambo. Uh, tomorrow, Kevin Durant. And it's the it's the day it's it's finally here. We were I was I was a little worried when I took that time off, Gambo, for my son's wedding. Not that I wouldn't have done it, but I was a little worried that I wasn't gonna be on the air for Kevin Durant's, you know, reaction to his first game. Was it gonna happen Friday against Oklahoma City? Was it gonna happen Sunday against Milwaukee? Uh, so I kinda lucked out in that regard because I very much wanted to be on the air to talk about the day after his first game. Tomorrow night, five o'clock. You'll hear the game here on Arizona Sports. Uh, we will cut into our show. We'll end things a little bit early. Uh, I've already set over-unders. Minutes at 28.5. Points at 22.5. Gambo, you've taken the under on both. Under on both. You just think he's not going to play a lot? Is that I don't the- think he's going to play a lot. I don't. I think they'll play him five or six minutes and then, you know, rest them. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he'll play a whole lot of minutes. First game back, hasn't played in six or seven weeks. Coming off of a knee injury, I, I think they'll. I think they'll take their time with it. Hmm. And I think especially if they Charlotte, and if they here's the other thing, if they're up by twenty in the fourth quarter, they're not going to play anybody. Charlotte doesn't have ball; they're going to yeah. get. So there's the other angle. Charlotte's not good, and their best player's out. That's a good point. Charlotte's no good, and with their best player not playing, yeah, you might you might run roll them. There's a very real chance that you are up twenty in the fourth quarter, and you can kind of give everybody a rest. And, and, and if anything, I would think that might, if that were to happen, that might then increase the chances that Kevin Durant does play Friday again. Against the Bulls, right? Because if you're able to really, really limit his minutes tomorrow, uh, Monty has shown this year he rested Cam Johnson the day after he came back from injuries, the game after. Same thing with Devin Booker. I'm kind of assuming he's going to do the same thing with Kevin Durant, unless Durant doesn't have to play a lot of minutes tomorrow because the game's such a blowout. We're all very excited about it. I mean, this this ranks right up there with Randy Johnson's first start as a Diamondback, Charles Barkley's first game as a son. It's, I mean, like Steve Nash's first game as a son, that wasn't as big a deal as this, because I don't think anybody thought Steve Nash was on the verge of winning two MVPs when he came here, right? Like, we were excited about him, but I don't think anybody thought, oh my God, there's the difference maker. Well, we just got Steve Nash here. It, it's Kevin Durant is viewed in this Randy Johnson, Charles Barkley-like prism of you are here to win a championship. That That's what this is all about. I, I don't know if there are very many guys who have come here no. with that level of expectation. You know, that Suns team under D'Antoni was on the verge of winning a championship for several years, but they never added anybody nope. at, at that type of level. They added players all the time. You know, eventually Grand Hill was here and Jimmy Jackson was here. And, you know, there was... Um a lot of players that came during Kurt Thomas. I'm just trying to think of all the players. Jalen Rose. Think of all the players that played at some point in that era. Uh, but nobody at the level. And, and Shaq, you're right. I mean, Shaq was not at this level. Like when they got him, it was like it was like he wasn't any good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And just, they debated whether they even wanted to trade for him. And they didn't trade five first round picks and nope. you know nope. for the, the the picks and the pick swaps and the two great players in their prime. They traded. 
you know, Sean Marion for Shaquille O'Neal. Honestly, when you think about it, if you think about the, the like two of the three, well, Randy Johnson was a free agent, but if you think about the Kurt Schilling trade, and they didn't Charles give up much Barkley. They didn't. Travis Lee no, and, and, and Omar Dahl, Figueroa. And Nelson Figueroa. Nelson Figueroa ended up doing okay, and and you know, but, but there's but, one more player in the trade. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I can't. Omar Dahl, Figueroa. Travis Lee. Come on, Casey Wilcox. Who was it? Who's Omar faster, Casey Wilcox or Google? Casey Wilcox or Google. you got to give Casey a seven. It's a five-second delay, so you've got to hold one. <laughs> Don't look. Two, three, four, five. All right. Casey, who was it? It was Omar Dahl, Nelson Figueroa. Oh, Padilla. Vicente Padilla. Vicente Padilla. Padilla, yes. Vicente Padilla. I remembered it. Did he text you? Did he no, text? no, no. He didn't no, text okay, me. He didn't. Okay. No. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, it was Travis Lee, Vicente Padilla, Omar Dahl, and Nelson Figueroa. See, I mean, and that's the thing. That's, that's what makes, again, Kevin Durant so different. All right. The Suns gave up. Tremendous. I mean, nothing against Jeff Hornacek, but Jeff Hornacek, Andrew Lang, you know, I mean, that that wasn't Tim Perry. That that was no, for no, Charles Barkley. No. It's like, I mean, like I liked Hornacek, but come on, that's not even close, right? The, the Suns this time around, Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, all of those draft picks, the pick swaps, all of that stuff. It's it's a crazy, crazy high amount they had to give up to make this happen, and that adds to the anticipation, too. It also adds to the anticipation, as you've pointed out a few times today, Mikel Bridges has already played five games for the Nets, right? Like It feels like we've just been waiting on this thing forever. So tomorrow's going to be an exciting day, and um, you know it's a twenty-game sprint now to the end. Uh, how they gel together, how they all come together, I think is far more important than where they finish. As long as they finish in the top six, and nobody thinks they're not, as long as they finish in the top six, uh, it's I'm more concerned with how they all kind of fit in together, how they all gel on the floor, and how it all works. I, I think it's going to take a few games, but I don't think it's going to take more than a few games. I think after about five games, they'll figure it out. They'll know. They're all very selfless, intelligent basketball players. They will find a way to make it work. I think in a roundabout way, you'll be rooting against a possible Clippers matchup. But they haven't won a game since they got Westbrook. I don't like that move for them. I just, there's something I just, about... I, I just, there's something about him. I just, just I don't like that move. seem to be... As, as a, okay, there are good players and then there are winning players. I don't know that Russell Westbrook is a winning player. I don't disagree. I just don't know that he's a winning guy. Like he's I, I, talented. Like he's a really good player, but I just don't know if he's a winning player. Yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that at all. By, by the, speaking of this, and we're going to have to take a break here in just about a minute. In well, exactly one minute, as a matter of fact. Um, the injury updates from the Pelicans. Zion Williamson is getting imaging this week on his hamstring. Oh Jose Alvarado has been diagnosed with a stress reaction in his right tibia. He'll be reevaluated in three weeks. Larry Nance Jr. will be reevaluated in two weeks as he recovers from an ankle sprain. Bye. Bye. New Orleans and the Lakers, two teams I was scared to death of at the bottom of the West. I don't think either one of them are even going to make it at this Le- point. LeBron's out three weeks. I yeah, think. LeBron. Yeah, at the minimum. It might be even more. Yeah, you would tend to think so.